Hey, welcome in. It's Unanchored Boston, the podcast. Yes, that is Bob Lobel. That is Bush Stearns. I'm Hank Morse. And that handsome gentleman right there would be Harvard University graduate, double division one athlete, baseball, football, Michael Lynch, now batting. Hi, Mike. Hi, boys. How are you? What's going on? Anything going on since I've been went to went to sleep three months ago? <laughs> well, that's a great way to start, actually, Michael. Before we update what's going on with you, what have, what has gone on that you haven't had a chance to talk about with us, anyway, and, and other stuff? Well, I mean, Bill Russell, you name it. There's so much. Bill Russell was big. Um, the Red Sox the, the demise was big. Uh, the trade of Christian uh, Vasquez was big. Um, the one day sign, one year signing of Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci was big. Um, what else happened? Celtics were lost in the NBA finals in six games. Vince Scully uh, died. Yeah. Vince Scully died. We had a lot, a lot of deaths. We had, uh, Louis Newton, uh, Vince Scully. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. So fortunately we're all here. We're all ready to go and go with the podcast. We're doing a night, nighttime one tonight. I like it. So Lynch, How you doing, us, uh, Michael? Yeah, give us the update. Yeah. So good to see you. I saw the picture on Facebook with you walking down the hallway the other day yeah. at uh, Spalding Rehab, and so many people commented on it. They were so excited to see you. They worry about you. They're thinking about you. Well, I, um, I, I, I do a lot of work. I walk a lot during the day during physical therapy. And tomorrow's schedule is out 11, 1, and 2. I have uh, therapy. It was great, um, and at night I usually walk around the uh, the floor with a couple of the nurses, and um, one of them happened to have a camera the other day, and we said, you know, we should take a picture because we do this every single night, and no one's ever taken a picture. So we took a picture, and I, I put it up once, Jeannie and, and Maria, their name, and um, it, it blew up. I mean, people were, were interested just, just walking around the corridor, but... Um, you know, strokes are, are really funny things. They come in many diff different shapes and forms. Uh, mine yeah, happens to be a call it hemorrhagial stroke. It it happened on the uh, left side of my, my brain, which affected the right side of my brain, which affected my right side. Now I can I can walk with a cane. Um, I'm, I'm getting better at that um, every single day, and I am uh, getting stronger every day. And I'm still in rehab. And I'm, I'm glad I'm still here because I, I do more in one day than I would do in a week if I was home. So I'm glad I'm here. Um, you must have really good insurance. Butchie, would you tell those women to calm down that you're lit, that are in this, involving this? <laughs> yeah, thing? if you're watching, the podcast, are they too? Uh, I'm gonna. It's really loud, Butch. I'm, I'm gonna. You. I'm gonna. I'm gonna mute my. No, I'm gonna mute my. I'm gonna. I'm gonna mute myself until I talk. Okay, all right. Butch, Whatever you have to do. doing us a favor today. He's on vacation. For those of you who are watching, you can see. Usually it looks like he's on vacation because of the palatial estate that he lives on. All right? But he, he's somewhere up in Maine, I guess. He wouldn't tell us exactly where. In Maine. For obvious reasons. By the way, our podcast is brought to you by Our Best Foods and Our Best Burgers, George Gray's Lexington Toyota, 49 Mass Ave in Lexington, lexingtontoyota.com. And, of course... The only place that you'll ever need to go if you're in the market for an RV, it's Cold Springs RV in Ware, New Hampshire, W-E-A-R-E, Ware, New Hampshire, coldspringsrv.com. 
So this is an opportune time for me to. Lynch, you going to get out before the World Series, or you think you'll be there by the <laughs> Who knows? I, I'm not leaving here until I can walk out of here by my, my own power. Now, I, I can walk by my own power, but they just, they, 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 they sort of walk, walk behind me and walk next to me and, and hold their hands in front of me and, and hands behind me. And, um, but I, I, I want to make sure when I walk out of here that nobody has to, like, you know, tethered, I have to be tethered to anybody. So that, that's my goal. Um, I did a great thing today. They, they have these plastic pieces of fruit, and there's a 30 of them. And they make you pick them up from one basket and put them in another basket so I can get you get you see your, your grip again. So the guy spread them out on this table. It's like the size of a pool table. And he said, one by one, I want you to go over with your cane and pick up one of these things, walk it over to another pool table, like, like it's a mat, put it in. And it must have taken me 40 minutes. And I, I dropped one of them and it went under the table. And he said, go get it. And I said, what? He said, go get it. So I went down on my I went down on my on one knee, and I had my uh, my cane up above, and I, I had no idea what I was doing. I pulled the thing out, I picked it up, and then I walked it back and I put it in the basket. And it's kind of like Toy Story. Remember, like when you go after the after the the, the prize and the thing, you gotta you gotta you gotta kick it down exactly over his head oh, and then clamp the claw, it up, the claw, put it, put it back <laughs> in. Well, that's what you have to do with the turf. With everything you do, you have to look at. Like the, your phone, like with my bad hand, I got to take it like this and look at it and then take it and then put it down right here. So every, everything you do is, you know, instead of picking up something, looking for the next thing you're going to do, you got to look what you got to do, pick it up and put it down. So that's pretty much my life right now. But it's now, fun. Lynchy, I'm sure it's it fun. seems like an awfully long time for you. But in reality, it's been about almost three months, correct? Yeah. Just about but three the stride, months. But Talk about the world-class Spalding Rehabilitation Center because, um, you know, we're always talking about sports, but this matters a hell of a lot more than what the Red Sox are doing in the wild card, right? The work that they do every day. Well, there's, there's different different levels here. I'm on the stroke level, level four. Level five, I think, is the uh, pediatrician level. Level six is uh, people that have had uh, that have lost limbs um, for various reasons. There's another floor up above that uh, has uh, brain injuries. And um, so everybody in my floor has, has been affected by a stroke. I think there's 30 people on the floor. And um, and then they push you every day. Like, like they tell you, well, this guy told me to get down on my hands and get down on my knees and get this plastic apple under the table. I thought he was nuts. But he knew I could do it. I know I didn't think I could do it, but he knew I could do it. Otherwise, he wouldn't have me, he wouldn't have, have me bend down and do it. And that's what they do every, every single day. They push you to your limit. And they, they, they have you do things you don't think you're capable of doing. I had to, we walked to Dunkin' Donuts one day, and I had to cross the street. And, you know, they have a timer, like 30 seconds, you know, and that counts down. And I'm walking real slow. And I'm saying, oh, well, I'm at eight seconds now, and I'm about a third of the halfway across. And if I don't make it across there, some jerk like Mike Lynch drives is going to come, come blowing through the light when it turns yellow. He's going to run me over. And I, I fortunately made it across the other side. Die. And I said, how did you always going to do that? He says, pressure, pressure. The pressure was on. We knew you were going to deliver. And I walk down and I get the Dunkin' Donuts. They make me go in there and order. I just I just got a water and a donut. But they made me go through the line, you know, the little, little line that they had there and then order my thing. And then fortunately they paid for it. But I had to carry the, 
the bag with the donut and the bar with the water outside and then put it in into my uh, by my wheelchair, put it into a little basket I had in the back there and then sit down at the table outside and eat. And so, you know, if they weren't there, I would have liked had someone else go in and get it for me. I would have stayed out at the curb. I never would have gone into the store. And that's what they do. They, they do great things here. It's, it's, every day, um, I, I, there hasn't been a day gone by where I haven't gone, oh, that was boring. I don't have to do that tomorrow. It's like, wow, that was exciting. What are we going to do tomorrow? So that's I pretty hope much it. you went like this. <laughs> We've missed that. The old Harvard, Harvard yeah. University. Well, I got to tell you, Mike, I, I just, it amazes me because I don't know. I'm trying to think of how I'd feel in that situation. And like you've done everything in your whole life, you, you're just taking on the challenge right now, aren't you? I, I, I don't think I'm any different than anybody else. I think that uh, when you get, you know, Bob, Bob's gone through similar things and Bob goes through it every day. You know, you, you don't say, you know, you have, you have a couple self self pity moments, but they're very few and far between. And you just say to yourself, um, I very, very rarely if ever say, why me? I, I just say, okay, how, how can I get better today? What can I do today that's going to make, uh, make, make, make it easier for me to, you know, to just brush my teeth, shave, you know, everything I, I got to do in like, it would take me five minutes to shave before before now it takes me 15 minutes it takes me 10 minutes to get dressed it takes me a half hour to get dressed it just takes a little bit longer and um you know you, you just go with the flow because there's nothing you can do about it and there are there are people here that are in a lot worse shape than i am and they have great great mental attitudes well you can't say why me because it's already been taken <laughs> by who i you know it's a long story i, I can't get back can't, can't see kerrigan uh, that might have been one kid, <laughs> yeah <laughs> Boy, that goes back a long way right there. That banter goes back a long way right there. Are they calm down on huh? the balcony there? Are they calm no, down? No, you know why? This no, this is a true story and an I'll tell you why. This is a true story and an opportune moment to, to schmooze our sponsor. Yesterday I was at Grant Supermarket right on Route 16, the intersection of 302 and 16, where you take the right to Storyland family owned place. I go up to buy some burgers. What's the first package of burgers I see? Our best burgers. They had them on cool. sale. Imagine that. They had them on sale. I bought two of them. 24 burgers. I cooked them on the grill at the river while the dogs were swimming. They can't come down from the high they had from the burgers. That's why they're talking oh, so much. You know what they say? <laughs> Be like Butch. And go to your local grocer. But these guys, right? That's right. Exactly. Oh, yeah, right there. Pablo Bell up in the corner. I looked at him. I was like, hey, there's a smiling chef. Every week the smiling chef looks and he goes, Hey, how's Lynchy? We'll have a big we'll have the Winchester 20 pack ready for you when you get home, Lynchy. She That's for sure. Laugh. There's another smiling chef underneath there. Come on, Bob. Get there's a lot of smiling chef. chefs. Yeah, I see that. That's and you know cool. what Butch didn't do? He didn't go to ourbestfoods.com to download the coupon. That's what you should do, and you'll save even more money. But no matter what, the burgers, oh, my God, they're so good. They you know smell what, good. They you know, taste good. You know what right I need? Yeah. They were awesome. And they, like you said, they held their own on the grill. I had to heat up high. It was a tiny little grill on the river. And they, they were great. They were great. Yeah, it's nothing worse than throwing a hamburger on there. Five minutes go by, and it's half the size. You won't find that with our best burgers. Ourbestfoods.com. Download the coupon. Go to your local grocer. Go to the frozen frozen food section. Look for the smiling chef, Pablo Bell. Our right. best burgers. 
Can I get even throw in a sports question? Is this possible? Yeah, it is. It is possible, Robert. And Arthur's here waiting for you. Go ahead, Arthur. Arthur Stern. Do you know his first name is Arthur, right? Lynchy. Uh, that was your dad's Arthur? name, wasn't it, Butch? Arthur, that was my dad. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Bob seems. To be, Robert seems to be enamored with this over the last three oh, weeks. Kind of. Man. I'm sure the audience is thrilled. But my What's Hank's we call him Frenchy now. Frenchy. What's Hank's first name? Henry. My name is Albert Henry Morse Jr. My real name. That's pretty good. Hank is, you know, nickname okay, for Henry. So we're watching the Patriots game the other night, right? Yeah. Yep. I'm glad you went here. Like I'm glad seven, you went Seven, six-round draft quarterback is in there. Bailey. Mm-hmm. Fourth Bailey. round, actually. Believe it or not, they used a fourth round to run here. Okay, fourth round pick. Believe that. That's number four. Okay, here's – and what brings this to my attention is that, first of all, Bill Russell's number has been retired by the league, the whole NBA. We talked about this last week, and that happened in the past week. And that's, of course, a very good thing. And, you know, obviously, way overdue. You should do this before people die so they can really appreciate it. It's like get Louis Tian in the Hall of Fame before he dies so he can appreciate it. Stuff like that. Why did everybody wait till they die before they're honored? Having said that, Bailey Zap, right? Zappy Zap. Zapper. The Zapper comes in. He's wearing number four. This is offensive to me. It's Vinatieri's number. It's Vinatieri's number. Why does Vinatieri not have his number retired at, uh, for the Patriots? It's a great he, question. Adam and leave. Retired? I'm sorry. I don't give a Adam damn. Adam and leave. No, both of you got Adam and leave. Why is his number not retired by the Patriots? Why is this quarterback wearing number four? Now, don't give me well, I'm gonna two give guys. You- Two I'm guys gonna, on this channel here. Oh, Arthur, you and Mike I'm are a, both part of the Patriots Hall of Fame charade, okay? Nomination committee, yes. Not, we don't, all we do is nominate. Charade. So, okay. It's The nomination committee for the Hall of Fame is a whole different thing. Let's not charade. go down that rabbit hole. You're charade. talking about retired numbers, and I'm going to give you the answer that I've always gotten from the Patriots organization and people around the Patriots. There are too many players on a football team. You can't retire all the numbers. That's the answer they give you. I'm just saying, how about number four? I'm more upset that Devontae Parker Parker was given number 11. He was smart enough to understand, I don't think I want Julian Edelman's number, so he took number one. But then all of a sudden... Wait a minute, wait a minute. It's Bledsoe's number. I know, but Tony Easton's Tony Easton's number. Well, okay, Tony Easton's really making the case. Forget him. Now four. the rookie, the kid, the rookie second round draft pick, Tyquan Thornton's wearing number eleven. I mean, so look, I feel the same way you do. I can tell you for a fact. This is a fact, and it surprised me. I, I shouldn't have been. We all know Steve Grogan. We all know how proud a guy he was. He said to me one day at a charity golf tournament, "Do you believe?" that a punter is wearing my number was Zoltan Mesko. Do you believe they gave my number to a punter? That's what he said. And I, he was pissed. He was pissed. And I, and Grogan's not that so kind of guy. I'm with you. He's not that egocentric kind of guy. Well, he probably's pissed off if he heard me say this because he said it in confidence, but I'm telling you, it was a long time ago and he did not like it. He did not like it. Let, let me tell you so, the, the, the I don't reason know. why. When Billy Sullivan owned the Patriots, he would retire numbers left and right. 
He retired Bob D's number, 89. He retired number 57, Steve Nelson. He retired, you look at the Patriots retired numbers, and they're all done uh, alone by Billy Sullivan himself. When the Crafts bought the team, they said, no more of this random, everybody gets the number retired, because pretty soon we're going to be wearing triple-digit numbers across our uh, front and back of our uniforms. So that's why it happened. That's why a lot of uniforms now that you think would be retired are not going to be retired. You think number 12 is going to be retired here? It's a great question. That was my uh, next question. All right. I'm, now, forget this bullshit about no more numbers being retired. But the crafts, step up it's to true. the plate, retire it's the ones that need true. to be retired, like Vinatieri and Brady and whoever else you think needs to be retired. I mean, you're going to retire Teddy Brucey's number. Then you're going to retire uh, Troy Brown's number. Then you, where, where do you start? No, but Mike. Mike, isn't this isn't this like pornography? We know it when we see it. Adam, let me say a name and you tell me if the number should be retired. Tom Brady, I'll say it. Yes. Adam Vinatieri, yes. Now we're stopping. Now we're stopping. The other ones are all debatable. I think. Yeah. I don't know. I Give me another right. one that's a sure fire. Sure fire. Gronk. Gronk, because someone's wearing eighty-seven. No. No. Good Gronk. debate. It's a good debate. Yeah, He's in the debate, debate for the greatest tight end in the history of the game. Seymour just into the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, I kind of litmus test. It's two. There's two numbers out there that need to be retired: twelve and four. Look at look at some of the great Pittsburgh Steelers, so, uh, like uh, Lynn Swan. Yeah, but the all-time somebody's wearing his number right now. Yeah, but Mike, we're not talking about the Steelers. We're talking about our team. We're talking about our players. We're talking about the guy that kicked the most the most important field goal in the history of the National Football League. We're talking about the guy that was money here. How many, you know, and what has he done after he's left here? I'm saying that these two, okay, I'll, this was, then I'm going to stop. I'm just saying what turned me on about the preseason game and watching, you know, barnstorming Bailey. Bailey Zappi. Yeah, it's, it's a great point. It's a great point. Okay, that's but it. Garrett did it warm before him. It doesn't matter. You know, Garrett I'm saying, what are you, hey, what are you going to do? But Jack would go out of his way guys. to make sure they go, Mike, hey. There's almost 100 guys playing in a, in a so What are you going to do? Then give them numbers or letters, for Christ's sake. Because, you know, 100 years from now, they'll, they'll be, they're going to be wearing letters or double. Or well, well they could be like college. Now, college, you can have like like uh, Bob Lobel and Butch Stearns can be on the same team. They both play for Alabama. They both can wear number seven. As long as they're not on the field together. That's a college rule. Right. Long as, long as you're not offense, the defense. Together, Bob can wear seven. Hank can wear number seven. So that way. So, so the, Hank, before, yeah, but before you segue into something else, because I just, just since we went there with the numbers, I just want to bring this up because I had a heated conversation with some people about Roger Clemens. And I think we all know nobody's worn number 21 since Roger Clemens left. It was kind of sad to me because we all remember how much of a hot button Roger was and to me in my generation still is right he's the greatest pitcher in Red Sox history about how you feel about him because of steroids because he was a Yankee blah 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 right so I firmly believe from people I've talked to at Fenway and it's going to happen sooner than later that Clemens is going to have number 21 retired at Fenway Park I think they're going to do it 
I don't know this for a fact. I'm just telling you from the conversations I had, I think they are going to do it. So since you brought up the point about Vinatieri and Brady, do you think Roger Clemens, number 21, should be retired by the well, Reds? I think they're going to wait to see if he gets in the Hall of Fame. Boy, Why does he have to be in the Hall of Fame? That's, no, their, that's, their that's, their that's their deal. That's their deal. I don't think he has to be, but that's bunch, their deal. A bunch of bull. Well, yeah, but that's their They've deal. They've made exceptions. Who was more important to this club, David Ortiz or Roger Clemens? Well, Clemens never won a World Series, yet he was the greatest pitcher David in David Ortiz history. all the way. So, Ortiz, yeah. What if David Ortiz didn't get in because of the – Go ahead, Johnny Pesky has his number retired, and he is not in the Hall of Fame. I believe he's True. the only one whose number is up there who is not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Bobby Dore, I, in the Hall of Fame. Shame on me for um, – did they retire the Rem Dogs number two? No. They no, they no. put a patch on the uniforms that's going to be worn, I think, in no. perpetuity. Right I, I don't now, think it's right. just this year. Santa Bogos has worn it for the last uh, 10 years. Uh, he's worn it, and it's been worn before that. Uh, it, it, it does not, not, not deserve to be retired. With all due respect to, to Jerry Remy, he was great. He was the Rem dog. He's, gonna, he's got a, a plaques, and he'll be remembered forever and ever. But I don't think he needs his number retired. So, Michael, um, who was more important, Ortiz or Clemens, to the Red Sox? Ortiz. Yeah. I mean, he won three world championships, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. Bob, you disagree, right? You think Clemens is more important? Yeah, I do. On what basis? You do? You think Clemens is more If I had to have a team and start a team, I'd, I'd take Roger Clemens over any over David Ortiz. Yeah, but that wasn't your question. Oh, no, I'd take Pedro over. That wasn't your question. That, your question was who were more, who was more important to the know, Red Sox, right? That was right? question, yeah. I well, said, if that's your question, then how do you make the argument that Clemens was more important? He left unceremoniously. He didn't finish his career with the it, team. You know what? I don't care under the circumstances that he left unceremoniously. There's a lot of unceremonious <laughs> things about most guys in baseball. Ortiz God, I love older. getting under your skin. <laughs> Every fifth day. Every fifth day. David Ortiz – Roger Clemens. I know that rule. I know he's a designated hitter. Mike, he played one. He Let me played tell you something, Mike. Since you've been, since you've been, awful. since you've been rehabbing, it's every seventh day. That's what I got to listen to. You know, Mr. Lobel over here, Robert. Call <laughs> me Arthur. Every seventh nice day, to have I got to take Harvard my turn in Back in this discussion, I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, that's it. That's all my questions. Well, all right, forget the number. Forget the number. One more, one more rabbit hole. I guess. Time out. One more issue on, right. on the Patriots preseason. Then it was Belichick's mood. Once again, he is like churlish, and and could deal less with the press. Can he just get over this? Can he just stop be embarrassing the people that are in that press room? With all I'm saying is enough already, Bill. You know, can't you? Get over it. Well, I mean, Mikey, you're the you're the one you're the one to answer this, Mike. I did a radio show with him for one year, and it took me the entire year 
to get to know him. And then when I did, I saw some of the things that I'm sure you saw for a long time. He's a funny guy. He's a sarcastic guy. When, when he lets you in a little bit and he only let me in a very little bit, he's a different guy than everybody thinks. I'm not making excuses for him, but I'm curious your answer to why he is the way he is still, Mike, because you, you knew him much better than all of us. It, it's really a simple thing. It's, 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 it's his military upbringing in the United States Naval Academy. You don't let your opponent, and this, this goes when if they're playing Scrabble against each other, you don't let your opponent know any of your weaknesses, anything that's going on, any of your strategy. You don't let them know a thing. And that's the way, Bill, it, he has always been, and that's the way he was brought up. He was brought up by his father in the military background, the United States Naval Academy. You never give your opponent any advantage at all. Any, any advantage. And I don't care if it's somebody that's, you know, walked off the field, was part with a compound fracture. You know, Bill's going to say until the guy's out for the year that uh, we don't know. Let's we'll, we'll, we'll see what the x-ray show. See what the x-ray show. And that's just the way he is. And he's never going to change. He's never going to be any different. So, you know, get used to it. Laugh. I, 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 I laugh. It's uncomfortable to watch. I cringe when it's some question. There's always some person that thinks they're going to be the one. I'm going to be the one that's going to get them to crack. I'm going to be the one that's, a, that, that's going to get them to answer the quite tough question. I'm going to be the one that's going to. And no. And it gets worse when you get towards the conference championship and the news station starts sending news reporters down there to try to get the same answers. And you just go, oh, no, please don't ask that question. Please don't ask that question. And it's going to go on. So that's the way he is. That's why he is the way he is, Bob. He certainly has enjoyed the puppet string-like performance talking about who the offensive coordinator is going to be, who the that defensive is such bullshit. coordinator. I mean, who cares no. about that? We'll talk about a non-starter question. And I blame the media for that. That is the most ridiculous topic you could possibly imagine. Yeah, but how who many other teams care? don't have a designated offensive or defensive coordinator? Who right? cares? Well, obviously, a lot of people care because well, they're asking the question. Else they know about it's the most. It's the simplest form of relief that you, they can go to. The simplest line of defense. The easiest. Haven't you, Bob, haven't you wondered about it though? I could care less about Je really? Je Joe Judge versus Patricia. What do I know about that? Other defensive guys. So what? Figure it <laughs> out. They're football coaches. Bill definitely <laughs> likes and enjoys the dangling participle, right? Just like well. You know what? Somebody will call the plays. It doesn't really matter. If I was the head coach, I'd want to call all the plays. Now, some head coaches do call all the plays. Um, Sean Payton, when he was coaching the uh, – Pete Carmichael was his offensive coordinator, but but Payton called all the plays. Um, Kyle Sean, Sean McVay. Sean McVay pretty much still does too, yeah. Right. Calls the plays. Um Somebody else, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, calls the plays uh, for the for for the, the Cardinals, and you know some guys. I mean, if I I just wouldn't want to trust somebody else calling a play, you know that I that I think I because I, I want to be I want to be responsible. I want to be the guy that gets blamed when it doesn't work, and I want the guy that gets. That I want I don't really give a crap about the credit, but I want it to be on me. You know, Belichick also seems so. A I'm with giant. you. Do you think he was a little miffed with the miffed Giants? Miffed with the Giants? How, packages? how so? He made reference because of the number of blitzes that they ran in the uh, in the first in the first game, first preseason game. 
What does he got to be miffed about? He's the opposing coach. What is, you know, what did uh, Diebold tell him he wasn't going to run any blitzes? I mean, what did, well, according to what I read in the newspaper, what's the, what the nerve he has to be miffed at what an opposing coach does? Well, from what I read, and I'm not a head football coach, it, it was almost as if the first preseason game, they would limit the numbers of um, using young, inexperienced players, limit that type of defensive play. Well, did they agree to that ahead of time? I don't think so, but Belichick also made reference to it, like an offhand, well, you know, um, looking into, well, the way they uh, ran their defense the other day, there was a they, reference they, to it. They, they have unwritten rules. They have unwritten rules about a certain number of blitzes. They don't run blitzes in the second half. They don't run that many blitzes because they don't want some guys to get confused. And it, it's it's sort of a gentleman's agreement. And he was a little bit miffed about it because that's not the way so, he, he does it. And especially with Dable, who you kill coach under him for, for, for a couple of times. So, Mike, I want to ask you a question. I'm I'm very curious your answer to this. Of, I'm with you, Bob. I think it's I'm so tired of talking about the offensive coordinator. I do want to give Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt, but let's be honest. The reason this is a national story is because Brady won a Super Bowl the first year he left Belichick, and Belichick still has a lot to prove. We all know the narrative, but what I'm curious, Mike, is do you? You know football very well at so many levels. Do you feel like Belichick is outsmarting himself here? Do you feel like what's he doing? Why is he doing this? Is he doing it to save money and not name coordinators? And I don't care about the name and the coordinator, but I'm I, the times I've been down there this camp, you got Mac Jones, you got David Andrews, you got people saying that, you know, it's new to us. We got to figure this out. And like, why? Why? Because again, it, 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 again, it goes back to the military training. If you don't know who the offensive coordinator is, you know who's the little. No, but are they, is he making a mistake? If the players, if the players are talking like that, is he making a mistake, or should they have enough faith in him that if you take two steps back, it might be better for you in the long run because he knows what the hell he's doing? I don't know. I really don't know. None of us are going to know until they stop playing games for real. But what the, it, it, it all does, it adds more intrigue to the outside world. And that's what he likes. He can't guess that there's one, either two, or there are three people calling the offense and defensive plays, including himself. Himself, Judge, and Patricia. Are they calling all, all three of them calling the plays? Who's calling the plays? Maybe maybe Bill's calling every, every play himself. But it just adds, and, and in terms of preparation, like, you know, on, on, uh, uh, their opponents got to. Okay, and his I, I, I coach with Judge for a number of years. He likes to do this on third down. He likes to do this in third and long. Well, Patricia, you know, was a defensive guy. He likes to do this and that. So you, now you got one more head that you got to guess. What is he thinking? What's going on between his ears? And Belichick loves that. The more you have, the more we talk about it, let's go pick any anything that was a controversy over the years, anything. And it, 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 if people are talking about it, Bill loves it because inside the team. They're not talking about it at all. Outside, everybody's talking about it. If it's causing more confusion and not the level of confusion, that's great for Bill. I just think it's causing, I don't know. I don't know this. I'm just guessing more confusion than it needs to be for his second-year quarterback primarily and for everybody else on the offense. I, I just, I don't know. Inside, don't know. inside the, trust, trust, inside the team, it's much, it, it's much, much better inside the team. They're, they're laughing at 
I, I, I used to, it's usually things that they trot out to the media that I would listen like when I was doing the show, hanging around. And I'd say, you know, they'd say, Let, let's see who's going to run with this one. And then like I could watch like who would run with that story in the middle of the afternoon. It happens all the time with them. And they love it. They, 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 they think it's fun. They think it's, uh, they, 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 they think it's hysterical. You know what I'd like to do? I'd like to invite Bill Belichick into the Lobby Cruiser when we take it out on the town and we go to the Football Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, he won't drive. He wouldn't insist. He'd insist on driving. We'll let him drive. And, no. In case he's listening to the podcast or watching the podcast, sure all he needs to do is go up to Cold Springs RV. And Bill, if you're wondering where it is, it's in uh, W-E-A-R-E, New Hampshire. Where, New Hampshire? ColdSpringsRV.com. Where? where? That's right. W-E-A-R-E, <laughs> where, New Hampshire. And you need to get up there because the Cold Springs RV summer clearance is underway. It's a blowout. Time to buy. They're making way. For the 2023s. Time to buy. It is the time to buy. And like we've known, you know, Cold Springs RV making the way for the 2023 models. They have to sell off the current inventory of the new and pre-owned units. And it's like a bowl of ice cream in August. You know, the deals just don't last. That's why you need to get up there. Get to the summer sell-off event at Cold Springs RV. We've told you, they have the big motorhomes, they have smaller motorhomes. They've got the fifth wheels for travel trailers. They've got the smaller travel trailers. They've got the pop-ups, like I use when I go camping. They've got the toy haulers. Butch, I bet, do you have like a side-by-side -side or a quad or one of those things? A side-by-side? -side? What am I, Sergeant Schultz? What do you, what do you no, mean a side-by-side? -side. Like it's, the little... It's an off- Oh, no, I don't have one. To take in the woods hunting. Like my Uncle Ronnie takes it hunting in Maine. Arthur. Yeah. Right? You can throw no, we... it right in the back. <laughs> they have the selection, the best price, and get no, there nothing. now as they clear them all out. No, nothing. I could go in my brother-in-law's garage, and he's got this amphibious little uh, uh, ATV-like, and it's got a cage. And we drive it up this mountain up here. It's incredible. That's about as close as I would come to that side-by-side. -side. Okay? But maybe I should go up to Cold Springs RV and if you, you know what, up in the balcony and tell those people to shut up. It's the burgers. They can't stop talking about hey, before it. Hey, before we leave the Patriots, I mean, I could go on and on, and I'm not going to do it, but one game, James White one is, game. No, I want to ask about James White, and just in this regard, I mean, for a guy that just played eight years, Boy, was he a hell of a football player. And boy, was he – it's a cliche. You always say this. He was a Hall of Fame person, Hall of Fame – Patriots Hall of Fame type player, but a whole, even better person. He really was. I think we all grieved with him when his dad died too. But he was the guy, type of guy, Mike and Bob and Hank, that you guys know this you wanted to root for. And it was for a reason. And, and I always like to represent that from when we get to deal with the players, you know, we get to know them a little bit. And I got to know James and my goodness, him, uh, Devin McCourty, him, Tim, Devin McCourty and Matthew Slater. They're going to be hard pressed to find leaders like them. It's really kind of a sad, I mean, he's doing his final presser tomorrow. It's really a bittersweet day that he's leaving. I think, I think he really was 
an unsung hero of this last second half dynasty. Let's retire his number. He holds a Super Bowl record for receptions and points scored in the game. Super Bowl Fifty One. Remember? I mean, think about it. Oh, how how did he not get? How did he get not get co MVP of that game? I know Brady orchestrated the twenty eight to three comeback. He had thirteen yeah. catches, which was a Super Bowl record, and scored the overtime winning touchdown, which has never ever been done in a Super Bowl since or before. How does he not co MVP? Ridiculous. Because he has a teammate named Tom Brady, and I don't yeah, I don't know how. Branch won the uh, MVP over, you know, that he's, he's, he's the only guy that stuck one in other than Brady, right? Right, right. Well, and of course, Brady's on two weeks vacation now, too, because the team knew about it when camp started, right? <laughs> yeah, two weeks vacation because Giselle wanted to go to Costa Rica or something, and he's got his two weeks vacation. Ah, whatever. If that hey, doesn't say the that preseason games. He drinks a lot of water. If, if that doesn't say the preseason games. Preseason games should all be canceled because they're meaningless. Nothing does. You don't think he's in Miami, do you? No. That story's don't. still real. It is. No, nowhere near Miami, but he was in Miami. That's why Brian, Brian oh, Flores yeah. wouldn't get on that boat. Remember, Flores wouldn't get on the boat because <laughs> Brady was on it? Amen, Mike. Yep. You are would correct. not get on the boat because Tom Brady would sit on the boat with Steve Ross. Ross thought he could get away with everything. Ross, is, he's going to be lucky because he's one of those guys that really likes to be around people and on the field before the game. And six, see, he's got six weeks where he can't be anything. I'm surprised they they they, they don't give him that much. I, I thought he'd get whacked yeah, off. Deshaun Watson's got six too, so they must be equal penalties. Yeah, he, well, he's he's he's, he's got enough. His came from the um, Sean Watson came for the Orchids uh, fiasco. <laughs> he skates in that whole thing. Skates. Skates. The owners skate, and uh, I guess doesn't matter. Wants to be in the hall. The Ross. Yes, he does. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Ross, the Ross, um, the Ross discipline was unprecedented because no owners have really been. They've skated on almost everything, haven't they? That was really the first one where they have. Right. Well, uh, Tiger Ursay got got suspended a few games. um, um, Eddie, Eddie Bartolo Jr. got uh, got suspended because oh, he was right. uh, yeah, yeah. in around some alleged, uh, you know, gamblers, and so he got suspended by for, by a number of games. So it's it not, was a harsh tampering penalty. Yeah, yeah. So okay, you want to talk about the Red Sox? I guess you have to because uh, yeah. the illusion of contention continues. How about you? You know, I have. I, I, I got a haircut April 2nd, and I was due to get one right before I had the stroke on May, whatever. And since COVID happened, they don't we get haircuts in here. My hair is so long right now. If my dad was alive, he'd be all over me. He'd be in here with a scissors, or he would cut it himself, I think. But, Mike, uh, you should be blessed that it's still growing. Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, uh, is Fernando Tatis Jr. the stupidest person on the planet? It pretty, pretty. He's up there. He is. He's way up there. Um, well, that would games, that would be a, that would be assuming that you guys don't agree with me that the majority of players in every sport are doing some type of performance enhancers, not sticking their butt a needle in their butts, but they're all doing something, and they all some mask it better than others. I think that's just a fact. 
I really do. Oh, so, so you're being stupid. That- not all. Not all. You know, so I got to believe Pedro at his word. He said he never did anything. But um, I think if you're a 21-year-old kid and you're in the minor leagues and you hit eight home runs and the difference between you getting a shot at the majors and a potential 50 to $100 million contract is hitting 15 more home runs, you're not going to rub some cream or clear on your arm or or, or take something that uh, that's going to help you do that. You're not going to do it. I'm sure going to look at it. Can I ask you something? I don't, don't want to be Mr. S- yeah. Butch, did you have the game on? Was your game on ESPN last night? Or was Saturday's game on Fox? Yeah, I was in uh, Delaney's up here watching it last night on ESPN. Yeah, it was on ESPN. It was on ESPN last night. Yeah. yeah. Did you notice the uh, there was a Gatorade commercial with Fernando Tatis Jr. in it? Yes. In the game. Yes. yes you I notice saw that, it. right? How stupid was that? How is that possible? I mean, the I guy got that. nailed for eighty games for performance enhancing drugs, and they run him on a Gatorade commercial the night. I did see that. Did see that? Doesn't that tell us though that it's in the public's eye? I mean, if, if Gatorade didn't pull it, or did, did they, I'm sure they knew it, but if they didn't pull it, isn't aren't we kind of deconditioned by it all now? It used to Somebody be a huge deal. Maybe they I didn't think anybody would know. No, I know, but I, I guess what I'm asking is, are are you surprised they didn't pull it? Yeah, I, I actually am. I I'm, I know it was Sunday night, and people are away for the weekend, and they don't go into their offices and you know, advertising agencies and people are responsible for these things, even at the network. Somebody had to know that commercial was going to run Sunday night with True. Fernando. True. Batiste. So doesn't that, doesn't that, doesn't that prove to us in this day and age, it's not as big a deal as it was before. Wow. I don't know. I thought it was a pretty big deal. I thought it was a really stupid no, thing. I, to do. I do too. I thought it was stupid, but I thought it was a big deal. I just think there's more guys doing it than we think. And I also think the Gatorade commercial ran because Somebody said, eh, "I don't worry about it." I mean, I don't think really? they ignored it. I can't believe that. Either, either, either that or they, either, Bob, either that or they ignored it. Put a percentage on the numbers of players that you think, percentage-wise, professional sports that are using performance-enhancing substances. Over fifty percent. Over fifty percent. No doubt. No doubt. When I say performance-enhancing, I think they're using things. That that borders on, let's say, let's use baseball, for example, and football. Both those sports, there are things that you can take. This was told to me by a veteran patriot from years ago that we all know. I took HGH because the NFL came out with this table. It was in our locker room, and it had all these things that we could use, creatine-like things. And I did my research, and I felt, that those things were more dangerous to my liver and my kidney and things that I were doing than HGH, which is used on elderly people. So I took HGH and it allowed me to recover. It didn't make me bigger and stronger. It allowed me to work out on a Tuesday after I had a car crash on a Sunday playing a football game and do that. So, and I asked him, how many players in the NFL are doing HGH? He goes, 60, 70%. So, and that's just one man, right? And this was after... The Rodney Harrison thing came out at the time where he got it mailed to him, if we all remember that. He got HGH mailed to him. So I just think more people are doing it, and I'm not passing judgment. I'm just saying I think they do. I think Tati was stupid, especially after they traded for Juan Soto. But I also I think that guys are doing it, and they're, 
they're they're I think a lot of them are doing their own research and coming up with their own reasons why they're doing stuff. That and he's doing. been out hurt for four and, months and they too, right? But I think they also don't believe in the stuff that the leagues are telling them they can take, which are approved by the league. They're getting yeah, suspended. The for, I got to tell you, that's true. I would not trust right. the league. Right. So I don't know. This might be me going know. out on a limb right here, but I would I would suggest um, less than 50% of the Red Sox are using after the performance. I mean, when you look and you see J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts, their power number is just boom. I mean, and then last night you see Raffy Devers hit one. What did he hit it? Uh, 440, 445. Wow, he turned on it. So you're saying Raffy's using and the others aren't? No, I'm not saying Raffy's using, but I'm being a bit facetious when I say the Red Sox certainly aren't using it because can you guys figure out J.D. Martinez? Yeah, he's old. Is that is that all it is? It's just his age? He's uh, just speed. Uh, Bet speed, bet speed, bet speed, bet speed. The quickest thing that goes on any major leaguer is their bat speed. It goes so it goes faster than anything, any any of their offensive. Like let's say it was a two way player, uh, any of it is arm strength, uh, throwing um, his his running bases, etc. The first thing that goes and the, the thing that goes the quickest is your bat speed. Look what happened yeah. to Francie Cordero. Perfect example. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm How are those trades working out? French Goodyear and Andrew oh, Benintendi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there was that one. And then there was... Um, um, well, just uh, so Duran, you know, Duran, Duran. Christian Vasquez yeah, was uh, three for four yesterday. Yeah, how do you trade your all... Hey, too bad Andrew Benintendi didn't uh, come into a big picture Saturday night, huh? Scored the white double, scored the winning run. Yeah, I'll tell you, he's. Uh, I don't know players. Like that. <laughs> he knew it was coming. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, when we talked about this, Mike, we talked about this last week. But when a guy like Pedro Martinez, who represents your organization, feels comfortable enough—not that he ever needed any problem feeling comfortable—to come out publicly and say, "I don't know what the hell's going on with the direction of the Red Sox," doesn't that tell us all we need to know? That there's some serious issues behind the scenes. There's a big yeah. issue going on going right now, Butch, between the manager and and Hyam Blue. They do not like each other at all. Uh, I know it's probably no secret, but it's really it, it's coming to a head. And pretty soon, something's going to happen at the end of the season if they if they if they don't make the playoffs and they um, you know lose out and that uh, Cora's going to blame on like look look you know I. Uh, you know, he's going to borrow Bill Parcell's line about, uh, you know, making the dinner and buying the groceries, et cetera, et cetera. And he didn't he didn't have the groceries to, to make him to make himself a, a chef salad during this season, especially during all the injuries. You know, when all those guys were down, some of those guys are playing. You're going, what? Trade Sorry. your all-star catcher. It trade your all-star catcher. And you trade him like in the middle of batting practice. And then he ha- he comes in and he's talking with all the media members. And he have some some someone from the media relations department come and just drag him away. Let him talk. Hey, it was great. I'm really sorry. It's a business. Baseball is a business. I get, the, I, I get the sun right from the Tobin Bridge right in my eye here. Um, and uh, um, that, that, that 
that I, I can't believe that thing didn't get more play. I think that thing should get a lot more. Play well, I think I think I think I, th I agree with everything you just said, Mike, and I think we're going to hear more about that particular. Or going to leave at the end of the year, and Veritech's going to take over. I don't think Cora's going anywhere. Okay. I think Cora has much more support in the organization than Heim Bloom. He might. And I no, think Heim Bloom's going to be might, the fall. You know, he might want to stay. He might not want to stay. He might want to have other opportunities. But Veritech is waiting in the wings. Veritech wants to be a manager, and he wants to do it soon. True. True. He, he, want to be he might manager, be right. He's not ready to be a manager. You know, he needs I'm going to be shocked. Huh? I'm going to be shocked if next spring training – Jason Veritek's the manager, and Hiram Bloom's still the GM, and Alex Cora is gone. I didn't say it's a because way just like be. Bruce, just like Bruce Cassidy, despite his part in the cheating scandal, Alex Cora is going to get a job right away. If the Red Sox let him go. Hiram Bloom is not. Well, the Bruins did with Don Sweeney. Somewhere else. In. Before I forget Veritek's this, I want to go back to your point, Mike. About go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, Jason Veritek needs to needs to manage some games by himself, somewhere at some True. level. That's what he needs to do. He can't just take the job. He's he you know, he just cannot take the job and be a good enough manager. I I I I, I may be wrong. I just don't think he's ready. I, I don't think he's ready to be a major league manager. Why wouldn't they send him out to the Wolves? I want to go back. Move. True. Winter ball. Winter ball is where you the first place you go. Winter ball, yep. and he managed managed there. Any you manager, like you know, the Mexican league, or? any place, we just manage. I want, I want to go back to that night where uh, Christian Vasquez was allowed to take batting practice. I think we're going to hear a lot more about that if I'm right and Cora stays and High and Bloom goes because it'll leak out. The story that was public that day was that they told Vasquez earlier in the day. Cora told him it looks like you might be traded, but nothing is official. And so it's still hung up until BP. Now they're the road team. So they're taking BP last. They're taking BP closer to the game. And by all accounts, the public story was that Vasquez said, Hey, Skip, do you mind if I go out one last time with the guys if I'm going to be traded? No, go out there. Well, <laughs> then all of a sudden there's front office people and PR people pulling them off the field. Doesn't that speak to what you just said, Mike? A rift between the manager and the GM? If the yeah. GM had him traded, but you could the, the documents weren't signed, he probably sent somebody down there and said, get him the hell off the field. I think we're going to hear more about that. Yes. If at the end of yes, it. I yes, think that, yes, yes, and yes. Yeah. So it's a real power play between the manager and the general manager. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. If you're John it's, Henry, uh, who, who's John Henry going to defer to? Well, doesn't the general manager have power over the manager? Yes, he's supposed to. Um, but, uh, you know, the one guy that... Not if you get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you get rid of him. His power's That's, gone. <laughs> good point. Excellent point. Uh, hey, do you feel any better that the Red Sox took a series from the Yankees? The real hey, first uh, series... All I'm glad is this. That uh, my, my, my former intern, Kyle Ravitz, on the play-by-play -play last night got a little nice little plug-in for, for me and having a stroke. And he just said, he just, he said Lindsay, we're all rooting for you. Whoa, this is a drive to right field by Raphael Devers. He did it yeah. right before the home run? <laughs> right before, honest to God, like there, there wasn't, when he said we're all rooting for you, Lynchy, there wasn't 
a, a second. Okay, went between, well, I gotta go back and look at that. That's great. It was gone just like that. I knew Wouldn't he was gonna do something I, I, if that's what turns the Red Sox season around. Yes, it was. They gave a plug, they gave a plug to me. They were lying, Lynch. When they when they said yeah, 15 just, seconds just, of fame, they were lying. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, so it was it was uh I'm glad he got it in. It was very nice. He called Ravage called me yesterday afternoon around 3 30. He goes, Lynchy, it's Ravage. What the hell is going on? He didn't, he didn't know that he, he was in Fenway going through security and he was talking to some kid that worked there was from Winthrop. And he said, oh, yeah, geez, I, used to, I used to go to uh, Needham, you know, uh, Needham High School. And, uh, you know, um, I was an intern for Lynchy. And uh, he said, oh, so uh, Lynchy's hanging in there. And Ravage goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, yeah, he's like in around Memorial Day. And he's in the hospital. He says, you're kidding me. So Ravage went up to the booth and called me. He said, oh, I'm going to give you a plug sometime during the game. But it was a one nothing game. There was no time. You know, it wasn't like a 12 nothing four and a half hour. Two and a half, two minutes, two hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know. So uh, I was actually watching the game. It was about 8.42. If anybody's, anybody recorded the game, save it for me because I don't have it. That was a thank nice you. gesture. Thank I got my reference. phone lit up. People were texting me like, hey, did you hear them give Lynchy a plug? <laughs> I got to, you know how this goes, Michael. I got to call the station tomorrow and make sure they don't erase the game until I get back a week from uh, today. <laughs> so I can see it doing for you. Seven, seven days? Seven days they keep oh, the they, 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 they don't keep anything. Any, they don't keep anything anymore. Anything. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, you know what hasn't changed in the last three months, Lynchy? <laughs> what? The great Robert. George Gray at Lexington Toyota. Oh, he's still there. Yeah, I know he is. You know, he's he's a little he's a bit like Fenway Park. He's bigger than just the ball game. George, he's bigger than just the Toyota dealership. Because people go to see him because he's a an honest guy, a classy guy, a charitable guy, a friendly guy. He happens to sell Toyotas, which is one of the best brands in the world. And you know what? Because he does everything well, he also will get more Toyotas than any of these other Toyota dealerships. So Go see George Gray, George Gray's Lexington Toyota. The Gray family been in business for over 50 years at 409 Massachusetts Avenue. You go to LexingtonToyota.com. They have, everybody knows, not only just in New England, but across the country. He's won awards for it. The very best service. But they also have selection that you won't find anywhere else at a price you won't find anywhere else. It's a slam dunk. Do what we've all done at some point. Some of us have done it multiple times. Lynchy has, I have, Bob has, and we're going to get Butch to come over the Tobin Bridge up to 128 <laughs> and then down into Lexington to Tobin go see Bridge. George Gray and Lexington Toyota. See the sun on my face? Yeah. That's for George Gray's Lexington Toyota on the other side of the Tobin. The Tobin Bridge is right out my window. And car, watch, you'll see a car, car goes over the bridge and rides right by the, <laughs> the sun. Right now, I, I, I need I'm my to fool around with my iPad, but I mess everything up. Yeah, don't mess around. Growing up on the south, growing up on the south shore, I need my passport to get over the Tobin Bridge. <laughs> I had I had a nurse over there with some brain tree. I called her a womp. She said, "How do you know what a womp is?" I said, "I know everything about the womp." So I said, "You playing Fred?" Uh, did you get? She says, I was she just going to say, you gave her the Fred Hergett stories. I've done this in I beat them all. 
right. AF Stearns is almost That's like E.F. Hutton. You know what I mean? That's great, That's pretty Mike. good. That's awesome. All right, boys. Well, thank you for those at home watching. Thank you for those listening on Anchor Boston, the podcast with Mike Lynch, Bob Lobel, Butch Stearns. My name is Hank Morsh. We got a website. I have one question, Hank, before we go. Okay. Okay, now that now that the NBA has retired Bill Russell's number, right, across the board. If you were in Boston, what number would you what numbers would you retire just for Boston? What numbers would you retire just for Boston? Number four. Yeah, I would I would have been. Oh, you're say, you're saying that, that we're worn by multiple teams like Bob Ewer and Adam Vinatieri? Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Four, well, six, you retire 33, eight, number eight, nine. Eight, eight. Nine. Yeah, you got eight. Yeah. Yes, nine. Yes, Cam Neely. Yes, Cam Neely. Ed Williams. Um, Johnny Busick. They are all retired. Yeah. No, I mean, like. Are you talking about retirement? So nobody on the Patriots could wear number nine. Cause, right, because you retired for all Boston sports. Is that what you're saying? Why are you bringing this up here. at the end of the show? This is like a sports <laughs> final poll question. We need like three weeks for this. Who are those people behind you? Uh, behind we're you. getting ready for dinner. I was going to show you dinner. My sister-in-law, okay, Mary. Okay. Go ahead. I'll that's it. Forget the question. That's, that's Hi, Mary. my friend, Kristen. That's Hi, everybody. Vicky, who's visiting from Houston. That's my brother-in-law, Mike. He's the Weymouth Legion baseball coach. We don't like the guys oh, from Weymouth. Uh, okay. That's my daughter, Sophia. Okay. Sophia? That's my, that's who made my the daughter, Hey, Butch, who made the pancakes last week? Hello. Hi. The pancakes. Victoria made the pancakes. Oh, yeah. yeah they were pancakes. They were waffles. Yeah. All right. I'll show you dinner before because we got a big... Wait, Lucy. That's my dog, Lucy. She's up here. No! Get out of the house! Uh-oh. I'm in trouble. This is our dinner. Look what we got. This is what we got going on. We got a pizza. What else we got? Say hi to the guys. We need to do our name tag. Oh, my God. It smells so good. It does. Now, that's a knife. That's my wife and my sister-in-law. She's holding a knife to her throat. I don't know what I should feel about that. Do whatever they tell you, Butch. As long as it's not your throat. Stay, stay clear. Stay, stay clear. clear. Stay clear. That's good advice, my friend. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. All right, gents. Talk next Michael, week. It was, hey, Michael, it was great to see you and talk with you. It was great to be on. I'll be on another other, other three months. I'll be on again. No, no. Don't we may have to do this right on now. Monday nights from now on. Yep. <laughs> All right. Good job, guys. Monday All right, night, guys. Night. We'll see you. Bye, everybody. Unacred Boston is a presentation of Unacred Media, a Burke Advertising LLC company. For show information, visit unacredboston.com. Thank you.